Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 15, Sasha interviews professional organizer Joanna Thompson. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's Sasha, and I'm really excited because today I have a guest, Joanna Thompson. She is a friend of mine who also happens to be a professional organizer. And so when I was putting together this series for the Women's Reset, which I think we all need a little reset at this time of year, I asked Joanna to come on and she came on the show and shared some wonderful tips with us. And she's just a spectacular person. Um, And I'm really honored to have her on the show. And I'm honored because I think she's going to share with you some really important tips for how you can get reorganized and get just kind of reset in your living spaces. And so, you know, I'm a big proponent. I've said this before of having that space in your home that's just your own as women and also having um, a space that's really efficient from the minute you walk in the door. And so that takes some time and it takes some management. It takes some maintenance. And so um, I'm really excited to have Joanna on the show today. So enjoy. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am so excited today. I have a friend and colleague, Joanna Thompson on, who has a passion for organizing your living spaces as a way to really organize your life. And so welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on today. I'm really excited to hear about how you started this. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of discovered that this was your passion. Yeah, sure. So I, like you, I experienced burnout last year. Um, I had taught for seven years and never was completely fulfilled in that role. Um, And like you, I'm a high achiever. I always have something going on both in my career and my personal life. And I like it that way. And I, I enjoyed my job. I was good at it, but it didn't give me all of those good feels that I wanted to have. Uh, So I was a young teacher. I was on committees. I led student organizations. I was part of leadership classes and I kept changing up my role. So I got my master's in literacy, became a reading specialist. Then I decided to move to a different building and I grew a lot in that role and I was able to coach teachers. And I realized that I loved the coaching aspect just as much, if not more as teaching kids, but something was still missing. So I pursued my board certification. I thought maybe I would do something at the state level. So I found out in December of 2017 that I was a board certified teacher and then I left teaching teaching in May of 2018. <laughs> but you know, so, isn't that an interesting journey? Because I I can tell you that I've, my, my journey is very similar where I just kept racking up degrees and, and different certifications thinking that, okay, this next thing is going to fulfill me. But what's interesting is that you know, I look back and I think about all the time I spent doing all of that, but it really led me to where I am today. And so I don't regret any of it. Yes. 
Yes, for sure. I have absolutely no regrets. And I'm thankful for all the experiences um, that I've had because, right, I wouldn't be where I am today without those. But it it was a really hard decision uh, because and I didn't personally feel like a failure because I knew it was the right decision to leave. But it was hard to communicate my decision to people because, right, like I I taught children. And so I thought that people would think I was a terrible person because I left Mm. a career that involved educating our nation's youth. But for me, it really came down to systemic issues and the compounding workload that had put me over the edge. So I had to be brave enough to leave my job with no clear direction at that time. Uh, And my husband was amazing and supportive through that because I don't think I could have made that decision without his support. Uh, So, so yeah, so I, um, I guess to kind of get into how I became passionate about organizing. I'm really passionate about helping people. And for me, organizing and being efficient has always come naturally, even when I was a kid. And so I've seen how those strengths impacted my role as an educator and how they affected my personal life. And I really realized that it's a strength of mine. And I really leaned into that. I love it. I love that you, that something so authentic came out of what you described that I can imagine, because I've been there, a very difficult soul-searching year. Um, yes. When we, when, you know, the closer you come to living authentically, I don't think people realize that it's not like, it's not an easy choice. It's actually, right. it's really hard, especially when you are successful as living yes. non-authentically. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when you're really good at, at doing all the things that you think are going to make you happy or that make other people happy, it's it's much harder to leave those things and to explain to people why you're letting those go. And so I'm really, I'm really impressed that you found this, but I love that something so beautiful came out of something so difficult. Thank you. I am too. And I really, I really had to work hard at figuring out what passion was for me for a while, passion meant that I excelled at something. And I really had to break away from that and think, no, passion is something that I enjoy. And it's something that I'm naturally good at Mm, that I want to do for a job. And so, yeah, so that's how I got to where I am today. I love that. I love it. So I think that that is such a really important topic too, because I think people will, I teach a masterclass and I lead women through a masterclass and it's really just kind of a life pause. And uh, I call it like the pause and pivot. Like you're at that point in your Mm -hmm. life where you're similar to what you described. You don't, you're really not finding joy in your current job situation or your personal situation, but you don't know what it is you're missing. And I think most of the time, if we just pause and give ourselves time, we can figure it out. But what's interesting and what I love that you said is that, you know, it's not something that you may be just really naturally or that you're just good at. It's not an achievement thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually what drives you and what what makes you really have joy in your life. And for me, I know that when I started brave enough and I started encouraging women, I got all of this negative feedback from um, a lot of people that knew me as a cardiac anesthesiologist. And I even had, Mm -hmm. I mean, several of them said like, well, you don't have a degree in like women's studies. And I actually contemplated getting one. Like I Googled like, and then I was like, how ridiculous is this? Like I am a woman who struggles. Like I think I get women, you know, why do I need another degree? So I, 
I totally get it. Okay. So tell us how, like, I, first of all, I love your brand. I love your, I love your brand. I love the aesthetic look of it. It's so well done. It's very obvious what you're doing. And so very good job at brand development. Um, I think it's, I think like I'm drawn to all of your Insta feed and your Facebook posts. I'm just, I'm totally drawn to it. So tell us, you know, why do you think it's important for women to be organized? Why, how, why do you think that organization is so important? For I would say that I think it's important for women to organize for two reasons. So number one, we're just we're naturally better at remembering all of the day to day tasks. And so I've looked into this and studies have shown that women are favored in episodic memory tasks, whereas men are favored in tasks requiring visuospatial processing. So I know I'm talking to a doctor, but for everybody else, that doesn't make sense. Like, for example, a man might be able to find his way out of the woods better than a female. And women can remember where the keys last were. (laughs) Uh, That's so true, actually. (laughs) It is. It's so true. And so as females, right, we're usually juggling quite a bit. We wear several hats. We have our work hat, sometimes multiple hats within that realm, the home hat, our mother hat. Um, And like, Sasha, I remember you mentioned on one of your episodes, you know, you have lunch prep and homework and bills and, you know, signing papers for kids, et cetera. And it doesn't mean that our significant others aren't are incapable of helping, but they're busy too. And sometimes they just don't naturally keep things in their heads just like we do. So because of the multiple hats that we wear, I think it's necessary for us to be organized. And the second reason I think that it's important for us is that time to ourselves is so important. It's so easy for us to give, give, give and have nothing left for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we're organized and efficient, we give ourselves more time or at least open up time to do what we want. So maybe it's not individual time. Maybe it's creating efficiency means that you're going to have more time with your kids or you and your spouse can have some more quality time together instead of your time together being, you know, folding laundry and tidying the home. So being organized just also helps you prioritize. So even if our days and weeks are filled with only the things we enjoy doing, we still have to prioritize those tasks to be successful. I love that. And I love what you said about it opens up time for yourself and it, you know, prioritizing your living spaces and organizing that Mm -hmm. takes maintenance and work. And it doesn't just happen without some commitment to it, but it allows you to have time for yourself. And I I completely agree with what you said about the differences between men and women, because I think so many times, like I know that (laughs) this is, this is funny, but I know for like 10 (laughs) years, I Lance and I would argue about the dishes, like for 10 years, we Mm -hmm. argued because he never would empty the dishwasher. He would never Uh load the dishwasher (laughs) because Lance can like come in and the house can be like a total disaster. And he's like, hi, how are you? And he gives me a hug. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, look around you, start cleaning. Cause I like come in and I'm like organizing and cleaning everything. And, and then at at like year 10, I just realized like, why am I expecting him to change? Like, he's never going to do the dishwasher. Like, that's just Mm -hmm. not, he's, he'll do it if I ask him, but he's never going to walk into the kitchen and be like, oh my gosh, the dishwasher's full. Perhaps I should empty it. Like that thought is never going to be in his brain. And so once I just let Mm -hmm. go of it and once I just stopped worrying about it and expecting him to have some neuron firing, that's going to remind him like I did, I just, it it was like our, our, we stopped fighting about it and it was a huge change in our marriage. Yes, for sure. I love that. So, okay. So, so a woman is listening. And she's like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, my house is completely 
unorganized. Every room has clutter. Mm -hmm. I don't even know where, like, where would I start? Where, if I hired Joanna, if I hired a professional organizer, like how, how do we even begin? What do I need to do? Where do I even begin? What, what would you say to that woman? Um, so first of all, I would encourage that person to think about the room or even the thing that's frustrating them the most. So, think about like for somebody who stands in their closet 15 minutes every morning and thinks, I don't know where anything is. And I don't like any of my stuff. We would start with the closet, uh, for somebody who gets frustrated by their six purses, you know, where they leave everything in, we would start, (laughs) if we would start with that, um, or I would say it's the area that would be like your room. So right, Sasha, for you, your, your closet is your church, right? Yes. (laughs) So I think starting, starting there would be great for me. I love the kitchen. My husband, I love to cook. So it's really important for me that, you know, not only are the cabinets organized, but our refrigerator and our pantry are both very organized. So I know where everything is. Uh, so I would say definitely start with the area or the room that's frustrating you or the place that's just your sweet spot in the house. I love that. It's so intuitive. It makes total sense. So what you're saying is if, if a space is frustrating you, it's probably also the space where you are the most or the, where mm-hmm. you, where you look for some self self peace, right? Like for me, it's my yes. closet. Like when I, and I think it's because I have four kids. And so when I was, uh, and I love fashion. And so mm-hmm. when I was, when my kids were little, I couldn't get away from them unless I went into my closet and shut the door. Yes. And I remember when we were organized or when we were building our house, I said, we have to have a door to the closet. And my husband was like, why, why can't, why do we need a door? Because it's just off our bathroom. And I was like, because mm-hmm. I want to be able to go in there and shut the door. And so that space became like my church. Like I would go in there and just sit and like c- contemplate and think and process. And so if that space is unorganized for me, I, it's you like, can't do that. I can't. Yes. And so that makes sense. Why for you, it's the kitchen. That mm-hmm. totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So, and I think, go ahead. Well, and I think one other area, so this isn't necessarily an area in your home, but I think so within the organizing world, something I'm really passionate about is morning routines and how important they are. So, right. We all have morning routines and even the lack of a routine is a routine right now, and it can make or break your day. We've all had those mornings that have been so crazy, you know, that we're white knuckle driving. We're at our breaking point by the time we get to work and it's not even eight 30. So I love starting with morning routines to create efficiency. Ooh, uh, I and love this is that. Something, yes. So this is something that the whole family can do, right? This isn't something where you have to think, okay, well, now I need a routine for myself and my husband and my four kids. No, like everybody can get involved with this. So if somebody wants to change their morning routine, think about what all ha- needs to happen to get everybody out the door on time. So if this if you're listening and you need to make a list, pause and make a list, pause and make a list. And then think, like, what can I do the night before? Because I think that mornings need to be mindless. So I can be in a complete fog and do my morning routine because I've set myself up for success. And I do as much as I can the night before. So I am helping my future self out. <laughs> so I go to the gym, I get 605 in the morning, I get up at 5.50. So I have my workout outfit laid out. My gym bag is completely put together. My water bottle is ready to go. Depending on the day, I have my work outfit laid out. And I also have breakfast as prepped as possible. My lunch is ready to go. 
So I don't necessarily love doing that the night before, but I love having a non-stressful morning. So I am happy to take five minutes the night before to help my future self out. I love that. I love helping your future self out. And this is really Mm -hmm. similar to what I do actually. And it's so funny because I, once I changed my mindset of doing this, um, and it was actually a podcast I was listening to. I was listening to this professional golfer and I'm, I'm blanking on who it was, but he basically said how he gets up every morning. He's won like multiple masters, et cetera. And he gets up every morning mm-hmm. and he, and he spends two and a half hours, um, on his fitness and hitting bo- the golf balls. And the mm-hmm. person who was interviewing him was like, Oh my gosh, do you just love that? Do you love getting, and he said, and it was so shocking. It would like stopped the whole podcast. Cause he said, no, I hate it. He said, I actually <laughs> hate getting up and doing this. He's like, but at the end I feel, I feel so good. And I know that that's what has to happen for the rest of my day to be okay. He goes, but every morning when my alarm goes off, I do not want to get out of bed. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is like, this guy is like a world-class, like renowned golfer. And he hates getting up in the morning. So if he hates getting up in the morning and doing this right. and doesn't want to do it, that probably means that I, it's, it's normal for me to go, Oh my gosh, I have to get up at four fifty. you know? And so yes. once you kind of change your mindset, you feel so much better after it's done. And you, I love the whole, like, you know, taking care of your future self the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, that is great advice, Joanna. So, Thanks. so <laughs> what, where, like when you go into someone's room, just, or you go Mm -hmm. into someone's house to help them walk us through the first few steps, explain kind of what happens. Sure. Sure. So we first, after we do our phone consult and I have a good idea of what we're going to be working with, when I go into this space, we do kind of three different steps. So step one is purge and piles. So we take everything out of that space. If we're focusing on a closet, every piece will come out of that closet and dresser. Um, And then we go through each item and we put it into a pile. We decide what stays, what goes in the trash, what gets recycled, and then what what we can donate. Um, And this deciding what stays part, people think that that takes the longest and it really shouldn't take much time at all. It should take about five to 10 seconds per item to decide if it stays or goes. Now it gets a little trickier when it's a sentimental item. Um, so once we go through and put everything into piles, then we group and put like things together. So if we are focusing on even say makeup, right, we want all the, we have decided what stays. So we go through that pile and we'll pull out, you know, all the lipsticks, all the mascaras. And by doing that, you usually find that you have multiples of something and you can then add to your discard pile. Okay. Um, this is then, so good. This, I love this. Okay. Keep explaining. So you, you make one pile that is one stays one pile. stay. And you say that should only take you like five to 10 seconds per, per item. Wow. That you're that's, on. that is like really, it, that's major. So, because yeah. I, I can, I'm thinking of myself. I mean, how many times do I say, Oh, do I really, maybe I'll wear this, you know, in two years. Yes. <laughs> so you're saying, yes, no, yes. just get rid of it. Don't just get, just get rid of it. (laughs) Okay. And then you have a pile for, for recycle, a pile for trash and a pile for donate. Yes. Okay. So you kind of purge and pile and then what, what's next? Mm -hmm. Keep telling us. I love this. And then, yeah. So 
grouping all of those. So you go through your space pile and you start to group like things together. So, you know, if you are doing your closet, try to get all of the tank tops together, the sweaters, the pants. Um, and then when you see, oh, I have, you know, I was working with one client. She said, oh, I have six white tank tops. I don't think I need six. And so then she <laughs> added to her donate pile. <laughs> so that's, that's the reason that you go through and group everything together. Um, and then the final step is organize, organize and put back. And that's where it's helpful to hire a professional organizer to help you, you know, maximize your space and create efficiency. But that's something that you can do on your own too. If, I mean, you, I love to get little bins from the container store or Ikea and label things uh, just so like things are grouped together. And I, I do that in my pantry. Um, same with my refrigerator. So grouping like things together is really important. That is good. I My refrigerator is a mess constantly. And it's because I there's six people constantly in and out of that thing. And in I'm and telling it. you, uh-huh. it drives me insane. But I do not have any... I don't have really a system for it. I probably would benefit from having some little bins or like a system where it would be mm-hmm. kind of a template for everyone to follow. Now, if everyone would follow it, that's another story, but at least that's a great idea. <laughs> at least it could, be, it could be there. Yeah, at least that, that's true. At least it could be there. And so I really like how you have explained that this is, you know, a systematic approach. I want to ask mm-hmm. you, I mean, going into someone's space is really personal. And mm-hmm. I think like, as, as you were explaining the system, I was starting to get like anxiety because I was like, oh my gosh, if she saw my lipstick drawer, she would yes. freak out. So how do you handle, like, is there, cause I would be ashamed almost like if you came into my, yes. like, how do you handle that? Are women ashamed of all the stuff they have and maybe this, uh, the state of their closet? Like, how do you, what do you say to those women? Cause I'm sure there are women listening that are honestly judging themselves right now. So what do you say to that woman? Yes. Well, and I think some people too, I think are really hesitant to schedule something, which is why I'm trying to you know, be as personal as possible and get, you know, have a relationship with my followers. So they understand that I, I am so accepting. Like I was a teacher. I worked with so many different types of students that absolutely no judging going into somebody's home because I, and I mean, this kind of goes into maintaining and how we continue to stay organized, but I think that being organized is a lifestyle and that means that we have to have a mindset shift for some of us because organize, being organized isn't easy and it takes time and effort. So we have to be gentle with ourselves because nobody has a Pinterest or Instagram ready home 100% of the time. And we all have those areas in our home that are atrocious, that we're complete, that we would die if anybody saw. And for me, it's right. I'm a professional organizer in my area, my garage is awful. It is awful, <laughs> Sasha. It's I would I'm so embarrassed. I would never show anybody my garage. Maybe someday I will do like a behind the scenes Instagram video of it. But, but we all we have all those. Have, we all have it. So we I think we just we have to be gentle with ourselves and we have to start somewhere. Right. We yes. and usually when we have the things that we have in our home, we have in our home because they meant something to us at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we picked that item because we liked it. Maybe it was a gift for somebody or maybe at some point in our life, you know, we really thought that 
that crazy floral pattern was a good was a good choice to make but we so we have to be accepting of ourselves and know that we we've had those things for a reason and it's okay to part with them so we have to be gentle with ourselves yes well I'm just even thinking of my children as you're explaining this because I definitely have children who you know, two of my children want to save everything. And they're, mm-hmm. and when I go through their rooms with them, they're like, but mom, I won that at the swim meet in 2010. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. Do we need yeah. it? Like, yeah. like to me, I just want to get rid of it. But to them, it's really, it means something for them. And so it's funny because some of my my children don't care about that at all. They're like, oh, I don't know. I threw that away years ago, you know? So I think it's yes. really, um, it it's funny how it it's different even amongst different people, how some people really want to hold on to something and then other people, mm-hmm. you know, it, they're okay with that. And so I, I think it it's giving ourselves grace. Um, and isn't it funny how judgmental we are of ourselves as women? It's crazy yeah. that we think that we we're supposed to have careers and have take care of our families and cook the perfect meals and have a mm-hmm. perfectly organized everything all the time. Um, the older I get, the more I realize how, it's okay to hire help and to um, have people who have those skill sets and help me. Um, So Mm -hmm. which is quite opposite of how I envisioned my life. You know, when I was in my twenties, I'm like, Oh, someday I'm going to figure it out every year. I'm going to get smarter and wiser. I, I feel like I'm getting wiser, but that wisdom is okay. I need a Joanna Thompson to come in and help me with this. I need a health coach to help me with this. I need a fitness coach to help me with this and being open to that and not feeling so much pressure on myself to have it all figured out. Right. Yes, exactly. And our, our lives look very different than our moms did. Yes. And I, and so we've had to adapt and kind of change and even recreate what does it look like to be a female at this stage? Right. And I think that, I think one of the things that is so interesting, if you, if you look back in history, there were times where women have always been, we've always been like the caretakers, the community, the collaborators, right? We've always been the Mm -hmm. people that have taken care of other people, whether it's in our home or in our communities, but there were always communities and packs of women. And I think that we kind of have lost that in the last couple yes. decades where we're, we're very isolated and we feel even more pressure to be able to do everything ourselves. But if you look back, women used to help one another. They would help one another in their neighborhoods. They would, you know, when even like hunter gatherer type stage, if you looked at it, women cooked yeah. together, they cared for their, each other's, um, you know, gardens and harvested together. They did things together. And so mm-hmm. I think it's like, I know for myself, I'm really getting back to that thinking about community and how I don't feel bad asking other women for help. Like that's what, that's how we actually should succeed. And so I love what you're doing because basically you're helping others. Like you said at the beginning, this is a very helping driven mission and that's what you're, you've found is your passion. Yes. So, so what, how, how do you, when you do the phone consult, um, cause I'm sure there's women listening that are thinking, maybe this is for me. Maybe I need to hire Joanna and ha- maybe I need to hire mm-hmm. someone similar. What, you know, give us some information on the phone consult. How do you recognize if you are a good fit for someone? 
So I start off by asking, we get, we start really broad. So kind of what are your overall organizing goals for your home or your office space? Um, And then we drill down and get really specific about what are you currently frustrated with? And then I also ask them about what are their strengths and weaknesses? And this is, this is what helps me the most because some people will say, well, once something has a, has a place, it's really easy for me to put things back. I just don't know where to put stuff. Other people will say, I just want to keep everything and I just need somebody to help me get rid of stuff. Um, so it helps me understand whoever I'm my client. I understand their mindset going into this. Um, and then I also have my client send me some photos of the space that we're going to work on before the phone consult. And that helps me get asked some really specific questions about, you know, tell me about this small dresser in the back of your closet. How do you use that? Um And so it really it really just helps me connect with the person and it allows them to feel a little bit more at ease. Right. Because they can talk with me over the phone and get a feel for my personality and know that, you know, we are in this together because I really see myself as a coach and somebody that and I'm going to collaborate with you. I'm not going to go in and throw all of your stuff away. (laughs) I'm going to work with you. So you're left with the things that you really enjoy. I love that. I love that. So tell us, you know, tell us about your website. How can how can the women follow you on social media? Give us your your handles. Where can we find out more? How can we contact you? Sure. So my website is joanna-thompson.com and my email's on there, but it's super easy. It's hello at joanna-thompson.com. And my Instagram and Twitter handles are joanna underscore organize. And I don't use Twitter often. That is on my list of things to get better at. Um, But Instagram, (laughs) Instagram, I'm active on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called Joanna Thompson Professional Organizing. Um, And I am going to be launching a free five week kind of get organized for the year course. Uh, So be sure to sign up for my newsletter, which you can do via my website um, if you want to receive some information about that. I love that. I love this. Thanks. Thanks. And then anybody listening to the podcast can receive 15% off any service too. So if you schedule your complimentary phone console on my website and you use the offer code brave enough, then I'll apply your discount and it will apply to any service. Oh, that is terrific. That is so awesome. Thank you for giving that to our listeners today. And thank you for being on the show. This was just incredible. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for joining into the show. And remember that Joanna gave us a step-by-step how to get started, how to organize the most frustrating space in your life and to allow that to give yourself some self-care. And as always, live brave. This has been an HSG production.